Welcome to the Let's Think About That podcast where we don't just react. We'll break it down and think about it. We're going to talk news, the law, sports, whatever we're thinking about. We're your host, Ed Yeager and Lee Allen. Lee, how are you? I am doing well, Ed. I hope you are. I am hanging in there for another week in August. It's almost time for September now, so we're getting closer. We are getting closer. Uh, college football starts tomorrow night, Friday night. Yeah, this is what they now call week zero before the season officially starts. Exactly. It'll soon be cool, and I, or at least I keep telling myself that. It's got to happen. Some point. So it seems like the big story today was uh, there's a Republican candidate debate tonight for at least some of the Republican candidates. But then there was also this big story that came out of Russia with uh, video footage of a plane crash and possibly being shot down by Russian forces. And then they said it was Yevgeny Prigozhin on it, who was leading the, the Wagner group not that long ago. I guess he still was. I don't know if any of this is true or not in terms of the Russian story, but it's interesting, isn't it? It's very interesting. Um, who shot it down? I mean, who really shot it down? I saw where the Russian government put a bunch of um, uh, what they call National Guardsmen, reservists, uh, military, I mean, uh, law enforcement personnel and some other folks on uh, alert um, for combat operations um, soon after this, the news broke. Wow. It looks like it's decapitated uh, the Wagner group, the founder, and then this guy who was running it um, were both alleged to have been on the plane. You know, and as as we sit here, they say that it's confirmed. You know, it'll be interesting to see what happens or what the fallout is. I mean, I wonder, um, you know, does Putin, whether he did it or not, does he use this as an excuse to ramp up what he's doing uh, either to or in Ukraine and sort of get two birds with one stone if he's the one that did it. I'm not sure how it plays out. What do you think? Yeah, I guess it matters what happens within those other forces, Prigozhin's forces that are scattered in various countries. I mean, they, they talk about a lot of them being in Africa as well as some in Syria and still perhaps some in the um, – the Ukraine theater of operations. So what's their reaction going to be? Yeah. Uh, who's going to take over? Are they going to have loyalty to him? Is he going to have loyalty to Putin? Or is this going to leave really hard feelings and Putin loses these forces entirely? I, I have no idea how that plays out, but I, that's what I think the question will be. I think you're right. And and I don't know that. I mean, I wonder if anybody knows. You know, and, and it could splinter that group and some go one way and some go another. Yeah. You know, I, I would assume, as with most things Russian, uh, when a leader dies, there's a power struggle. Uh, and so, you know, who ends up in charge? Um, and and what is their, that person's relationship with Putin and, and, and the Putin uh, wing of the communists or the Russian government or whatever you want to call it? I mean, and I'm just looking here, and now they've got video of the plane coming down. Wow. And, you know, to me, it presents a pretty sharp contrast between what's going on in America tonight, where you have the party that's out of power is having an open debate among candidates, some of whom have very little support, but still enough to get on the debate stage and on national uh, media. 
to replace the leader versus Putin, who has been an authoritarian dictator for literally two decades now, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. He refuses to go away. No, he just sometimes changes his title, but he stays in, uh, in control. You know, he changed with, uh, what was that guy's name? He changed positions with him one time when he was barred from reelection. And then he came right back. It, it really is. And, and, you know, the, and I don't plan to watch the debate because I don't really want journalists telling me what I should think. So I'll just probably hit the highlights. Um, but I'm curious with regard to the debate as to your reaction about the the folks that didn't make it, that thought they were going to make it, and at least one of whom had been told he had made the cut to be on the stage, and now he's told he's not. Um, but in any event, it surprised me because I'd never heard of any association between the Rasmussen poll and Donald Trump. Apparently, uh, Trump had uh, bought an ad on their website or Facebook. I don't know what it was, but somebody was saying today that they had done the same thing and it doesn't give you any control over the poll. You know, he's just, it's just an ad. And, and Burke, is it Bergham? Is that how you say it? Um, I haven't heard. I heard this morning that he got hurt yesterday playing or last night playing basketball with his staff and had to go to the emergency room, and they weren't sure if he was going to be able to participate tonight. Well, he says he is. He'll be on crutches. I guess he tore his Achilles tendon. Oh, my gosh. But there is there is footage of him. I saw it within the last hour of him in uh, pre-debate prep on crutches, and he said something to the effect that, you know, if you want to lead this nation, you should be able to stand up for an hour or two or something like that. There's not going to be a lot of accommodations that are going to be possible. And, you know, but hey, if I have to stand on one leg for two hours uh, to, uh, uh, you know, fulfill this mission of improving every American life, uh, you know, I'm happy to do it. There's all kinds of people that make bigger sacrifices than that. But speaking of the candidates, what do you think happens that, or what comes out of this? Um, I think the national media will anoint Chris Christie mm. starting tonight. Uh, as the winner and the the man to beat Trump, the first open uh, evidence of that, if you will, it will, will be this debate tonight. Uh, you know, it wasn't that long ago that the news media threw was it Bridgegate or whatever they called it was was tearing Christie apart, and and now he seems to be their their favored uh, candidate. I hope I'm wrong, but that's what I think. What do you think? I got no clue. It it seems to me that uh, no one seems to have serious momentum, and it's going to be someone who just lands some type of snappy, witty line that the media picks up on and plays a million times that might get just a little bit of momentum. But can they make up the deficit with Trump? I don't know. I I don't think this alone or debates alone would do it. I I think maybe they get some momentum. you know, I, I think we're going to have to see what happens in these cases and more importantly, what happens with Donald Trump and his geographic location during the the, the primary season. Um, I'm just not sure how you run run for office. With four with, with four indictments pending? Well, yeah, but I mean, he's he'll be in a, you know, if, if this if this works out the way that the prosecution wants in each of the cases, he'll be he'll be in a courtroom for. The primary seat. 
But I, I, let me get your thoughts. I, I'm anti-debate. I, I don't think it accomplishes anything. I think we live in a time when oratory is 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 not what it once was. I'm not going to vote for somebody because they make a good speech. I want to know what they say. And you mean what they stand for, actually, instead of how they say it. Right. The the substance and not the not the you know the polish or lack thereof. And and I think most people have their minds if not made up, leaning in one direction or the other. I mean, anybody that would care to watch it at this point. Um, and, and I don't think that's going to change. I, I know it's getting a lot of hype. I see where the Team Trump took a bunch of uh, media types to some nice restaurant in Milwaukee, and they came up with a DeSantis bingo card uh, for things he might say and, and some things like that, trying to uh, – to get a head start on the spin, I guess. I think that most of the voters in the primary have usually made their decision. However, I think there is some value for two reasons. One is that Wisconsin is a swing state, and having this as the first debate by the Republicans in a swing state may make a difference in the general election. Uh, the other thing is that if somebody just, quite frankly, scores a direct hit and somebody else falls apart or says something really stupid, then that could shuffle the candidates a little bit. And once that starts, who knows where it goes? That's a good point. I mean, it could be like um, George Romney. You know, he, he, he went on a trip to Vietnam right before he jumped into the 68 Republican race and, and, gave an interview when he came back and said he was brainwashed while he was there. Mm. And then, you know, I'm reminded of uh, Gerald Ford when he was debating Jimmy Carter, he said something about Poland was not a, it's not under, was not under Soviet domination or something. That's right. So, so yeah, you make good points. I, I may have to reconsider my points in light of your, your forceful points. It's probably easier for a candidate to lose than it is to win. I think you're right about that. You can screw up royally. Yeah, I do think it's going to be significant how the debates, if there are any, during the general election go, simply because of you know Biden is more and more prone to say really crazy things. Yeah. And to look old and tired and just, you know, his age may be showing. It certainly was uh, in Hawaii. Yeah, he went there to uh, try to show empathy to the people who've been victims of those horrible wildfires and that did not go over well. What did you think of that? Yeah, I thought it was terrible. Um, you know, first of all, he, he waits, he makes a no comment comment. Then he waits two weeks. Then he goes out there and, and lies about this, uh, about almost losing his wife and his car and jokes about the car and the cat. And even if it were true, which that's not the time to say something like that. No, it's not the same, and and you know he he thinks he thinks empathy is talking about himself. I, I wonder sometimes. And then you know there was that clip, and I'm sure you saw it, where they have the camera on him during some meeting after he gets there. It almost looked like maybe it was a lunch meeting or something. I mean, they had those kind of tables, and he puts his head down, and 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 you know some people say he was sleeping. Uh, the White House and the palace scribes say, no, he was, it was just a solemn moment. Um, but it looked ridiculous and, and clearly was not paying attention. He, he doesn't empathize. I mean, he, he should have said, you know, 
I have no idea what you're going through. I can't even imagine. Yeah. And I did see the video of the, the luncheon or dinner, whatever, whatever that was. And I don't know either, but I've watched it several times. and I think he was asleep. When I first saw it, I didn't. And then the more I watched it, the more I thought, yeah, he dozed off. For a brief period, he dozed off. Or he was looking at his phone or looking at his watch like he did in Dover, Delaware, two years ago when the bodies came home from Afghanistan. Yeah, you know, and he looked horrible when he was asleep, too. It wasn't just for a moment. He looked totally out of it. And he looked bad when he was walking around. You know, I know the sunglasses are his his trademark or whatever, but and he was, you know, kind of shuffling along, and it just it's just not a good look. Now there's another year plus before you get to the debates next fall before the election. And assuming we have debates, assuming he actually participates, he's going to be a year older and probably not any better. Yeah. They came out today. Did you see that where uh, he comes out of some building and he's asked about um, the plane crash in, in Russia or the shoot down, whatever it was. And, and frankly, what he said at least at first glance, wasn't bad. He said, and I really don't know much about it. I've been working out for the last hour and a half. And, well, no way did he work out for an hour and a half. I mean, I'm sorry. The White House said he took a spin class and a Pilates class. Now, do you believe any of that? No. That, to me, sort of gives the lie to everything else that he says. And I think it ruined what otherwise might have been a pretty good answer, which is, I don't know enough to comment. I need to look into it and hear some more about it. But it, it just, it all went away when when he said that he had been working out for an hour and a half. And it's notable how many politicians will say, I don't know much about that, mm-hmm. but then they'll keep talking. It really is. When that's your opener, just stop after that. Well, since we're talking about Joe Biden, you know, there has been a little bit of news over the last week. And I think we've seen some reasoning behind why he said that Hunter was the smartest person he had ever known, because now it seems like instead of taking in something like $20 million in bags of cash, it may be closer to $50 million that he's been a bag man for. So, And didn't pay tax on. Yeah, got around the taxes, too. So maybe that is why he's the smartest person Joe's ever known. Yeah, gets my vote. Now, what, was, what also came out was that apparently um, – the U.S. attorney in Delaware, who's been investigating, didn't want to bring any charges, much less a sweetheart deal. Apparently got pushed into doing something, and that was what, what didn't work out so well. And it's not clear, at least to me at this point, who pushed him. You know, I, I think it's very clear that he got pushed, but I can't, I, I don't know who pushed him. Not clear at all. Sort of switching gears back to the debate. What do you make of Ramaswamy and his 9-11 comments? Well, I, I don't make much of them because, one, I give people grace that they may have said something dumb at some point in their lives. And uh, after recording this podcast for the last 119 episodes, I absolutely would want to receive that grace also. Um, I, I, I don't agree with those comments, but somebody saying something dumb at some point in the past when there's a microphone in front of them uh, doesn't mean they're not eligible to be president as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, it's an attempt by the news media to make to make the debates more uh, attractive, I guess, to viewers, and it's clickbait and and that kind of thing. I don't think it um, changes anything, even at the margins. 
No, and, and that is, is really nothing compared to what's going to happen to any candidate besides Trump. Uh, the media has already taken the position that Trump is the worst Republican ever. And for any Republicans out there that fall into the trap of thinking that somehow anybody else would be treated differently, no, forget that. Because whether it's DeSantis or Ramasamy or any other candidate, if they beat Trump and become the presidential candidate or the nominee of the party, they will then be treated as the worst Republican of all time. That's and right. Anything they've ever said anywhere will be subject to scorn and derision from the media. You're exactly right. Well, what's on your radar for the next week? Um, the, the two things that, that you mentioned at the top of the show, you know, this, this situation in Russia, I mean, that's, that's not going to go away, and the intrigue around that will be interesting. The fallout from the debate uh, will be interesting to watch. Uh, I, you know, it would be nice to see if I'm right about my prediction that Chris Christie is going to be anointed as the anti-Trump candidate. But, but more, more so, it, and, and we didn't talk about this, but this, this situation in Maui and what, went, what happened when the, all of the factors came together to cause this fire is, I mean, word is starting to trickle out now. I mean, they closed the only road out. The only people that survived basically disobeyed law enforcement and either went around the barricades or rode over land to higher ground. They, they, they closed the schools so the kids would go home. They didn't sound the warnings. The guy that was in charge, and I don't know what his title was, but was in charge of getting extra water, if you will, to the, to the fire department, wouldn't do it because in the, the, some folks in Hawaiian history and maybe now in culture worship water. You know, some of the, some of the photographs give rise to certain conspiracy theories. You know, there's, there are cars that burn so hot the, the tires melted into the streets and then beside it is a tree that's untouched. I'm interested in following that and really learning if we ever will be told what the real deal is there. The governor's comment quickly after it happened, when we're going to, and I don't remember exactly what he said, we're going to figure out what to do with this land kind of thing. And all of the celebrities' homes on that island were unscathed. It's just a lot of little things that I find quite interesting and um I'll keep my eye on that this week. Yeah, it's kind of an overused expression, but it was almost like a perfect storm of, of certain things happening at, 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 you know, a confluence of events that certain things happened at certain times that just made it significantly worse. Absolutely. And, you know, each one of those might have made a difference. Yeah. Or they might not have made a difference. And that is what's hard to figure out. If they had happened there would be no questions about whether they would have made a difference. You know, you, you, you'd know. So, so what's on the Jaeger radar? Well, you know, I don't know if you saw this story, but on Monday, the Department of State issued a warning to Americans to evacuate Belarus. I did. And I thought that was kind of odd. And there were stories about um, Russian troops massing and, and, you know, what was going to happen. There were nothing else has happened until today. And then we see this thing that happens with, Prigozhin, I, you know, I don't know if it's related or not. 
And I don't know if anything's going to happen from Belarus. There's certainly some stories out there that Putin may try to take Kiev and come through Belarus. At the same time, or, or very close in time to the stories about the State Department warning Americans about Belarus, there was a story about a, a, a region in southwestern Russia that was closed down because of anthrax presence. Hmm. And they didn't know where it came from or, you know, the news media didn't. They didn't know whether it was came from Ukraine, whether the Russians did it. Was it a false flag? Was it not? So forth and so on. And then it just poof, went away. I mean, I even looked last night late to see if I could find anything and nothing. Uh, so, I, you know, yeah, that's a good point. Belarus might heat up. Which means Ukraine heats up and which means NATO is now once more in the crossfire. Yeah, exactly. So that's it for me. All righty. Okay. Well, thanks for tuning in for another episode of the Let's Think About That podcast. You can email us at comments at letsthinkpodcast.com. If you've enjoyed this show, please click subscribe with your podcast provider so you'll get all of our episodes. Leave us a review, send us an email, and tell your friends. Mm-hmm.